welcome to LifeBeat. This week we are doing our second episode in our multicultural outreach series. So Jennifer is going to be your host today and she's joined by three different men from the Hispanic community, from the Black community, and from the Chaldean community. They're going to be talking about the role that men play in the pro-life movement and why they are so important to ending abortion. So if you're interested, listen on and thank you for joining us. This is going to be a part one to find part two it will be uploaded at the end of march when we upload this third episode so thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy it's so unfortunate that within the pro-life movement we have to remind those with whom we're speaking that men play an important role in the conversation oftentimes we have to call out and invite men to be able to stand up for their pro-life beliefs because the world tells them They have no say over the lives of their children. Today, David Robinson, Joey Toma, and Gerardo Carrillo sit down to share their personal experiences. With a multicultural perspective, they offer insight within their communities, as well as the overall conversation that is so necessary that men are invited and encouraged to stand up and defend the lives of the unborn. Today we'll hear part one of their conversation, and I hope you'll join us in a couple weeks for part two as well. Thank you. Oh, hello everyone. Um, My name is David. Um, I am involved with the Right to Life of Michigan um, Black Leadership Committee. Um, Right now I currently reside in uh, Florida. I just moved here about three months ago. Um, And so I'm just excited to be a part of this conversation, a much needed conversation. Um, A lot of times men's voices are lost um, in all that is going on um, with the pro-life movement or we feel uh, silenced or afraid to speak out. Um, So I'm just really um, excited and to be, you know, bold for number one, for Christ. Um, First and foremost, I am a believer in Jesus Christ and that's kind of where my foundation um, began. Um, So I guess I'll get go ahead and just tell you a little bit about my journey um, and how I came to be as bold and as um, excited um, for the right to life at all stages. Um, so a few years ago, it was, well, not a few years ago, about 10 years ago, um, I, I, had, uh, I was in prayer um, and I remember being so uh, burdened, right? You know, I've always considered myself to be quote unquote pro-life, um, grew up in a Christian household. Um, so that was always something that, you know, abortion is bad. However, I always took the weaker approach where I said to myself, oh, I'm against it for me and those around me, but it's okay if it's law because that is on them. Um, and that mindset began to change when I had this encounter during prayer. And it was almost as if God you know, like replaced my heart with his heart. And I actually felt it was as if I was physically feeling the heartache that God feels when we um, destroy our little ones. The, the word says that, um, you know, he honors life um, and that, you know, he hates the shedding of innocent blood. Um, and so from there, that is when I realized, okay, wow, I am, um, I can't sit silent anymore. 
Uh, well, I'll rewind a little bit. I did sit silent for a little while, but I realized that I needed to um, look at legislation closely. And then from there, um, that's when I, and when things begin to go far further and further and further, further out, I had to make a decision like, okay, I can't be silent anymore. So, but yeah, so that's kind of a, a little short snippet. I try to keep it brief. Um, and I know it's peculiar. A lot of people don't hear that type of story regarding how they came out to be pro-life, but that's the, it was first my encounter with Christ that led me to this, uh, to this serious issue. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would love to hear from Joey and Gerardo. Hey, Thank David. You, David. Yeah, please go ahead, Joey. Oh, no problem. Any, uh, any re relationship to the, the other David Robinson there, the Admiral? <laughs> I wish, but no. <laughs> well, I'm Joey Tomo. I'm a, a father of, of two, um, two beautiful girls. I, I represent the Chaldean community. I, um, I've been on the board for the Mincharitha Right to Life, um, the Chaldean events for about three, four years now. I do various talks and um, done calls and, and you know things of that sort. Um, I've, I, I, I grew up in a very Catholic Christian household. I, again, just like you, David, I always said, Hey, I'm against abortion. I would never do it. That was about as far as I went, um, grew older, grew older. And I realized that, oh, uh, you know, a pro-life pro-choice is at the front of basically every single thing that you do, whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, in home and, you know, in church and this and that, I said, you know, I need to get more involved, um, my, my wife, Stephanie, comes from a family of nine, um, seven adopted um, wow. out of foster care. And that opened my eyes uh, when people say, you know, a lot of times you hear people say, but these situations and these circumstances, should you be OK with it? You know, I'd always give them the, the thought, you know, the time of day of, of those situations. And, um, and then when you see seven kids that came from those situations and all came you know that were adopted and became part of my wife's family and that are now my family you know I I started to lower the you know the the situations where it's even could be debatable kept going down and down and down and then to a point where it's just zero you know life is life um like like it says in the, in the bible you know it begins at conception um and I, I've just tried to get more and more involved. I would, you know, I'd love to keep doing more and more because it's, it's something that needs to be done. Um, we've, we've, we've came to a part in life at this time where it can't even be talked about with, without heated arguments. You can't even have a, a fruitful conversation with someone on the other side anymore. Um, and it's sad and, and hopefully we can get it back there and we can keep changing people's lives and how they think and how they act. Um, love to hear you guys more uh, to hear different perspectives from you know your guys' communities and cultures and see how it, it, the similarities and differences and, and the challenges that we all face um, together and maybe we can help each other out right thank you Joey my name is Gerardo and I'm excited to be here and, and be part of the conversation my journey started with Right to Life of Michigan with the uh, Vida Preciosa fundraising dinners. I think it was in 2016, I believe, uh, the first Vida Preciosa. And 
I think it was the seed that that started everything in my journey of being uh, more actively saying I am pro-life and I am doing something because as, as well as David, I am uh, very Catholic and, and my faith and my beliefs is since conception and everything God created is, is worth, it's precious. So I, I started there, but I was not actively doing anything. It was like, yeah, I'm pro-life, but like silent pro-life and, and as many men like relegated into just the, the tag, but not actually doing something. So I, I think that's where my eyes opened. So being part of the testimonies, hearing, and then getting myself educated, that, that was crucial in my, in my journey. And then I think saying yes to those invitations to, to do something. So I've been uh, going to events and, and presenting in, in these educational tables. So it, it's been a joy to, to be part of those, those tables and, and learning together with men and, and talking to them. And, and that's, that got me strong because there are men out there that support life and that's what we need men as, as you said, they bold men that say yes to those invitations, that say yes to, to life. And, and I think it's really important to stand for the women and for the, the lives in the womb. So for both of them are equal to the eyes of God and every single life is important. So that got me into, into this journey and it's, it's been a really um, every time I, I, I translate a document into, into English, I learn something. Every time I, I go out there with the little ones, I learn something. So I think saying yes to those invitations and, and now that Right to Life does this po podcast, I'm really excited to, to learn about the other communities, how they are doing. And, and as you said, Joey, if, if we can lend a hand on each, each other, that will get us stronger. So it's a joy to, to be part of this conversation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, and when you, uh, hear, hearing your stories, um, and again, I appreciate uh, you guys sharing um, it's always exciting to, you know, be among other men um, uh, fighting for life. A lot of times we hear uh, things like, oh, how dare you be a man and, you know, try to, uh, um, you know, take over a woman's uterus or, or you know, legislate a woman's uterus. Um, and I always find that interesting, right? Because, you know, I always respond where, you know, morality does not have a gender, right you know when you are when something is immoral um we have uh, again coming from a christian perspective i have a, a, an obligation um to speak up um and to speak boldly uh, against immorality in all its forms and so you know and people will you know they're 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 perfectly okay with those men who will stand in the front line quote unquote and you know argue with them in favor of abortion those men have every right to speak um but when we take a stand 
um, and say, absolutely not. You know, um, the, the, the seed at conception matters um, and I'm going to do my part. So, you know, so yeah, so it's just really interesting. What are your, what are your thoughts about? Um, you know, I like that response. And um, one thing that I tell them is it doesn't matter about my gender. I'm like, if my wife tells you the same exact thing that I'm saying, you're still not going to listen to her. So let's move past that I'm a man and you don't like what I'm saying. Let's let's start talking about you don't like what I'm saying because it doesn't matter whether I say it or my wife says it um, or or if any female in the pro, pro-life pro movement says it. Um, so like, it's funny that you say what you say because that's a good way of doing it too. But yeah, that's they're just trying to, you know, shut us up before we can keep going. But it has nothing to do with that. I agree with that. Life is precious since conception, so it doesn't matter men or women. And I, I wanted to tell you guys that like we hear all these lies and bad things that are around us that at some point are, are seen as good. And, and I, I, I like your stand, Dave. Um, if it is bad, it's bad. And, and killing of babies is bad. So, and... The other thing is, it's like a, I see it as a trickle of, of water getting into a stone. And that trickle is all the lies around us. And at some point, that, that trickle of water will uh, make a hole. So we need to be, get us strong. And, and that's giving a hand to each other in this type of, of events where I, I like being part of the communities and, and getting us stronger and speaking about life, uh, defending life is something that we must do. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we uh, thinking on the different communities that we all represent here, you know, I'm with the, I mentioned, I'm with the uh, Black Leadership uh, Committee. Um, and, you know, there's so, so many, unfortunately, Black-led legislators out there at the at the state, local, and federal level pushing so hard to something that so disproportionately affects the Black community. Um, and so it kind of just angers me. And I do, at m many times, I have to pray for that compassion, um, you know, when I speak to other, you know, people who will speak on systemic racism, who will speak on, you know, well, racism in general. Um, and... I always tell them, I say, well, you know, if you believe in systemic racism, how can you not believe? I mean, if there's a one thing that you can argue, you know, whether or not you're for um, if systemic racism exists uh, at the point. But, you know, if you are, you know, if there's one thing you can argue for sure is abortion rates in the black community. Right. The way it was started, its inception um, and the purpose and the goal of it is actually coming to life and it's coming to life through places like um, Planned Parenthood. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you look at this and when you, um, and when I see that, I said, how can you guys, not, I mean, millions upon millions of black babies unborn, you know, you say, oh, well, representation matters. That's something that I hear often in the black community. Um, but, you know, but I'm like, okay, if you, if you care about representation, 
I mean, we won't have much representation going forward if we keep killing our offspring. So, you know, how how is it interacting? Because I'm not familiar with, you know, um, uh, life issues in the Hispanic community. Um, but, you know, how how is it in your in your given communities? How is the response do you get? Um, I'm sure you're aware of uh, of numbers in black communities, but um, are you aware, you know, what are some of the issues um, regarding your communities? I just can say that it hurts me when I hear these numbers in the Hispanic community and mostly because I know uh, in our Latin American family families is very are very important and so it's just heartbreaking to hear all these numbers in the in the Hispanic community and I think it's it has to do with uh, not standing not raising our voices that's that's how I feel at least on on my experience and that's how I I I think I, I was in, in the past, like I just kept my, my, my mouth shut and now that has to change. And, and I think in, in, in my community, that's why I'm doing this because I think it's needed. Everyone should raise our, the voice, not, not sit silent. So we need to, in my community, pass from being silent to action, to say yes to those little opportunities that are given to us to educate ourselves to also um, be sensitive of, and also be, and get ourselves involved in, in, in matter of, of um, voting and with the, the leaders that are pro-life. I think that is crucial. So, so I come from the Keldian community. Um, we don't get raw numbers from, you know, we don't get data on how many Keldian abortions there are. Um, so in, in our community, a lot of it is realization. A lot of people don't believe that a lot of abortions occur. So in the, I feel like in the beginning in the pro-life movement for the Chaldean community was getting people to realize that a lot of our girls and uh, are having abortions. Um, I, you know, I always have the same conversation. I had one with my priest, you know, originally years ago. He's like, you know, do you know people that are having sex, you know, that aren't married? And I was like, yeah, you know, they. I assume a lot of them are. He goes, um, how many kids do you see out of, you know, from single parents in the Chaldean community? And I said, you know, honestly, I really don't know any. He goes, well, what do you think happens when you have intercourse? I was like, well, you know, sometimes babies come. He's like, well, those babies aren't coming because they're aborting them, you know? Um, so we don't get to see exactly what's going on because we're such a you know small community. So we don't get raw numbers like you guys do. And I think if we did, it would help a lot. Um, a lot of ours is almost every one of our abortions are hidden. Um, the father probably never even knows. Um, I would say half the time the boyfriend never even knows. So it it's getting, we got to get past, you know, step one, to be completely honest. And um, it's an uphill battle from there. And that wraps up part one from this episode on men in the pro-life movement. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed and stay tuned next month for part two.